Greetings, young adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D for Kids. I'm your host, Patrick. And I'm Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who? For some reason, I'm crying. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> you having a good time? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Who are you? Jane. Okay, so this is Jane, if you guys remember Jane. She's really excited to be doing another podcast episode. Um, and on this week's episode of Vitamin D and D for Kids, uh, we're going to be talking about abilities, skills, and role-playing. I thought whenever uh, I first began recording these Vitamin D and D for Kids that we would do kind of episodes that mirrored each one of the main Vitamin D and D episodes, but... I thought that there were some that I could probably skip over because I don't know how much you really need to, um, I guess, tailor talking about classes and races, uh, at least on the surface level. Maybe once you get into like talking about classes like Ranger a lot deeper, um, maybe we'll have some companion episodes for that. But on this episode, Jane, we're going to be talking about abilities, skills, and role-playing. Do you remember what the abilities are? Mm. They like those six, yeah, those like six big ones. So like how like strong you are, how like quick you are, or how remember, how like smart you are. Mm-hmm. Okay, or how good you are at like talking to people. Um, and then skills are kind of like uh, they're underneath that. So we have those six main abilities, those right there. And then the skills, they're kind of, they fall underneath those six. Um, and there's a lot of them. So like uh, athletics, so like how fast you can run, how far you can jump. Um, but that falls like under strengths. So um, something we're going to talk about in today's episode is how you can kind of simplify uh, those those abilities and skills, okay? Because mm-hmm. sometimes they can get a little bit uh, confusing, like whenever you're trying to find something on your page, right? Yeah, because they're written pretty small. Yeah, so they're written pretty small. There's a bunch of them, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jane, uh, you're pretty good at reading now, right? Yeah. But you're still learning a lot of words, and there's some really big words. Oh, yeah, like, like this. Yeah. Like, there's some really big and words. This. Yeah, <laughs> most of these words are pretty big. They're not really, not really super simple uh, words. So that's one of the benefits of if you, as a dungeon master, if you're playing and running a game for younger players, is you can do ability checks um, just like normal. But instead of asking for all those skills, you can just ask for the six main abilities. So that way it's easier. Those are the big numbers. You can remember kind of where they are, right? Um, so like if I like ask you for like a strength roll, then like you know where that is. It's a big big number, easy to find, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> as a dungeon master, you have to kind of think in mind or think and keep in your mind that if you're asking your player for something that might be athletics, that, oh, that falls under strength. So I'm going to ask them for a strength roll. Or if I'm asking you for, like, strength, is that one right there? Yeah. See, even now we have to keep referencing the uh, the character sheet. Um, 
Or if I say you're pretty good, I think your character is pretty good with nature, right? Because you're a ranger. So if I want you to roll like a nature check to see like if you know something about the plants, something about the forest that you're in. Um, so it's one of these tiny little words, okay? But it falls under intelligence, okay? So then I could just say, okay, Jane, the ranger, roll an intelligence check for me. Um, and then you could roll an intelligence check instead of rolling a nature check. Because a lot of times they use the same modifiers and things like that. So it's about the same, a little bit simpler. One th I guess whenever you're, as a dungeon master, deciding if that's the way you want to do things, you have to kind of keep in mind, too, uh, is that, you know, all your characters, if you build a character like you, like in the rule book, yep. they have proficiency bonuses. And do you, you know what proficiency means? Mm -mm. So, like, if you're proficient at something, that means, like, you're good at it. Um, mm -hmm. Like, kind of better than most people. Um, like, let's see. So, riding a bike. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, so you're pretty good at it. You still got a little bit to learn and a lot of practice, right? But as you get older, you're probably going to ride a bike a lot. Um, you're probably going to have a lot of practice at it, which means you'll be more proficient with riding a bike. So one thing as Dungeon Masters you want to keep in mind is that characters typically have proficiencies that go along with their class, their background, um, that sort of thing, even their race uh, choices. And so you have to make a decision on if you're going to have your characters still have their proficiencies so you can kind of look at it and say, all right, well, like Jane's character, she's a ranger. She's got pretty good perception, pretty good survival skills, that sort of thing. Um, and so she might, we might say, you've got proficiency with wisdom checks okay so then we can just go ahead and like manually add that proficiency bonus to her wisdom score um zero for you yeah that was my old <laughs> character he had a zero uh, he had just a plus zero on his wisdom mm, poor poor corin corin yeah that's his name poor corin um so <clears throat> uh so like I said, you can add, uh, if you can think about how to do it, uh, add that proficiency bonus to those main abilities. So that way it kind of buffs up and shows that those certain characters are more proficient in those kind of checks whenever you're asking for them. Um, and if you're not going to do it that way, you want to kind of think about the difficulty check, the DC that you're going to have your characters. Nature. Nature. Uh, that one's down here. Right there. That's in. Starts with an in nature. Yeah, I only had a plus one. My guy did not grow up in the woods, man. He was a city boy. Um, yeah, grew up in a town. So, uh... I kind of have like a little town. Yeah, but your town is like in the woods. Yeah. Right? Don't you like live in a tree or something? Or you did? Tree. A tree? Yeah. Um, like I said, yeah, so you want to think and keep in mind uh, how having a proficiency bonus included with um, the main abilities or not might affect your 
uh, your DCs. So um, just something to think about as a dungeon master. Um, <clears throat> next, what's I was that? Thinking like my house, like there's a tree. My house is like almost to the very top, and like there's a big like ladder down, mm, like a rope ladder. Yeah, oh, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. But you're a halfling, right? So it'd be like it would take a really really long time to climb because you've got those little legs. Maybe like in the middle of the tree. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, well, it could just be like a shorter tree, and you just, it feels like it's at the top. You don't have to be in the middle. I wanted to be in the middle. Okay, you want to be in the middle now? Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, next thing we're going to talk about, now that we've talked about abilities and skills and how to kind of simplify that um, for ease of use and increasing the speed of your game, is role-playing. Probably one of, I think, one of Jane's favorite parts of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and I really enjoy it too. And that's role playing. Um, now that we've talked about skills and abilities, I'm going to talk about role playing. And we've already talked about role playing a little bit. I can't remember exactly what episode that was um, from the regular Dungeons or Vitamin D and D podcast, um, but I can look at some point. Um, but we go into great depth. Uh, I think it's episode 13. Um, it's the same episode we talked about abilities and skills, just like in this episode. Episode 13 of season one um, is whenever we talk about role-playing. There's really two different types of role-playing. Um, one is the descriptive. So like you're like describing like what your character do, or does. So you'd say like, Morelda does this. Morelda's going to... Yeah, jump. Marilda's going to walk up to the building and open the door. She's going to climb. Right. And then the other kind of role-playing is called active role-playing. So that's whenever you actually, like, whether you're moving your arms around and, like, pretending, like, whenever you were pretending to shoot your bow and arrow or you were, like, talking in Marilda's voice to other people. Jane is doing a very good job pantomiming. <laughs> <laughs> all those things right now. Um, so really good for radio. But uh, so I've kind of noticed that kids, um, kids have a great, you know, a great imagination. And so they usually don't have any uh, problem or any qualms about uh, really getting into the role playing and doing both, both types, descriptive and active. Um, like Jane, I don't think that you have ever had any problem with, with playing pretend, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so <clears throat> one thing, uh, you want to think about as a dungeon master is you may have to be a little bit more descriptive and plain whenever you are acting out what a NPC does, a non-player character. Um, cause like if I'm trying to like keep a secret from you, like, it's it might make it a little bit easier for some uh, young players if they if you kind of you know make your facial expressions like like really obvious you know like I tell you a secret but I don't want to look you in the eyes I'm just uh, acting really shifty right mm -hmm. and then you think like huh he's hiding something I'm gonna keep asking questions or something um, another thing you can do is uh, if you're familiar with any of the other uh, live plays or actual play podcasts is a lot of players will ask for an insight check. And so an insight check 
Um, I'll explain, yeah. An insight check is kind of like if you think that somebody might not be, you're, you're, you think that someone might not be telling the truth, um, or you're trying to get an idea if you can read their body language and how their face is moving, or even the way they're saying something, if they're not telling you everything that you asked for, or they're withholding information they're not telling you, or even if they if they're saying they like you, but they're doing it in a way, yeah, I like you, but they're doing it in a way that seems like, I don't think he likes me. I think he doesn't like me, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I like you. You know, sounding sarcastic like that, like it's a joke. Um, have you run into anybody talk to you like that yet? I don't think so. Um, we'll have to I'll have to see if you run into anybody who uh, talks to you in a mean way. Um, you've only talked to like you're you're really good at being nice to everybody. So, um, <clears throat> who's your favorite uh, person you've talked to so far? So you've talked to Sarah and Gunther. You've talked to your centaur friend. Uh, hmm. You've talked to, what's his name? Logan. Um, Logan Murray, the guy who uh, runs the uh, the hotel. Who's your favorite so far? Sarah Gunther. Oh, yeah? How come? I don't know. Yeah, because you had the whole competition. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and there's the goblin. Remember the goblin that you made friends with? Yeah. <laughs> pretty sweet. Yeah, well, you were really sweet to him after you captured him, after he was trying to steal your dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the goblin key made him do it. Yeah, we'll have to see if you discover anything else about that um kind of scared about that. oh you are hmm. yeah why no, goblin know. king sounds kind of uh or goblin king sounds kind of scary mm-hmm. hmm. well you'll have to get yourself some uh some strong friends to travel with you maybe they'll make it not so scary mm-hmm. um let's see sorry as and as a dungeon master you there's times whenever you do want to be subtle whenever you're playing a non-player character, um, since that's closer to real life. Um, but you want to remember to help out younger players who uh, are still learning and maybe make your body language and your facial expressions and the inflections of your your speech. Um, that could be helpful and, and teach them um, how sometimes people, you know, when they say things, if they say it in a certain way, they may not be saying exactly what they're what the words are let's see and like i was saying another thing that you might want to as a dungeon master do is kind of uh give your players free insight checks and what i mean by that is um you may want to after after a player and a uh, non-player character have an interaction uh you can describe what the player or what the character would see like okay this this person isn't isn't wanting to meet your eyes like as if they're hiding something they're um they're trying to look as if they don't care when they're talking to you 
they are like making a very angry face while they're saying something. Um, yeah, just like that, Jane. Just like that. They can't. They can't see you. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, those inside checks are are beneficial, um, especially for younger players as they're learning different ways to read um, someone's intent in real life and in the game. So, Jane, I think that's uh, about it. Is there anything else that uh, you want to say? Okay, go ahead. Keep adventuring. Keep adventuring. That's a good. That's a good thing to say. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and do the the outro. If that's okay, I'm gonna talk for a little bit more, and then we're gonna be done. Got it? Okay. Bye bye. Bye. I mean, you're still here. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if there's anything that pops in your head, you can you can uh, let me know. <laughs> All right, uh, so I hope this episode has been helpful as you tailor your games for your younger groups. Um, making things simpler is not only beneficial for players that are still learning, um, but it can speed up gameplay without slowing, you know, you don't want to slow things down for a bunch of uh, referencing your character sheets um, and trying to read big words. And you definitely want to keep the dice rolling because who doesn't love rolling dice, right? I love rolling dice. Yeah. Um, but keep up the speed, keeping up the speed of your play ensures that exciting moments don't lose their momentum. Okay. And so that's momentum. Oh, yeah. See, another big word. Uh, so momentum is like whenever like something's going real fast, like it's real exciting. And then like if, if it'll just keep going, keep being exciting. And then you're like, wow, that was so much fun and exciting. But if you stop it, like if you slow it down, it's kind of like, yeah, this was real fun, but like I'm getting kind of bored, you know, tired. tired of looking at this sheet and trying to figure out what these words are. And he keeps asking me to roll my dice kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You want to kind of keep it fresh and exciting and keep it moving, keep it moving. Got it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that's going to be going to be it. Okay. You want to say good- goodbye again? Bye. Bye. And keep adventuring on your Dungeons and Dragons trails. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Very good. All right. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you guys later. Um, bye. bye.